0: Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast. Tonight we will be reviewing the two one defeat to Man City yesterday at the Yeti Head. I'm delighted to be joined by a Green Pole regular, Kieran Thibaut. How are you doing, Kieran?
1: Good evening, yes, I'm doing very well. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Uh a bit disappointed still. Um Yeah. But I suppose it just, Yeah, it just shows how far we've come. Mm, like um, absolutely. And I'm also joined for the very first time by a Hamian writer, uh, and he goes by the name of Joe Gunning. How are you doing tonight, Joe?
2: I'm all good. It's good to be here. Good to be on the podcast. Good. I'm similarly disappointed about the result, but yeah, it's a good it's a good um, telltale of where we are now as a team.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, you just knew something was going to happen, didn't you? The longer you yeah. went on, you could just sense something was coming.
2: It, it would have
1: been it would have been too fairy tale like if it would just seen out a one one victory. I was I was at work and I was like, okay, this is too good to be true. What's going to happen? And I had to touch switch on my phone again. I was like, penalty city from heat ruts. Then I was like, oh, not now, <laughs> not what you want to see. I want to see him go goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, the worst thing about it is if if it was two one after like seventy minutes, it it still hurts, but it's not as bad. But to do yeah. it in like the ninety third ninety fourth minute. It's a proper
1: kick in the teeth. Yeah. But um, Kieran. We're back to the, to the Wolves game, like last uh, last Premier League season. I think we conceded the ninety-fourth-minute equal, uh, like, loop, like for the Wolves to win. Um, that was like the the game before we got relegated or something. I can't remember, but it was a yeah. real kick in the teeth. But anyway. it does
0: it does work in roundabouts, right I suppose. Yeah. Like, if someone said to you before the Brentford game that Mitrovic would score the winner here in the last minute. Um, but you'll concede a last-minute penalty away to Man City. You'd sort of take it, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the law of averages. But look, Kieran, give us a, a rough overview on how you saw yesterday and how you're feeling about it. I,
1: th- I think, I think I'm very, very proud of the team. Um, as are the entire Fulham faithful. Um, we went to City not expecting anything. the the best, arguably the best team in the world. Um, and. They, they showed why they were the best team in the world really the, the way they were playing um, they ripped through they 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 dominated us on possession like I think by the end of the game we only had 29% possession or something like that but the way they played was how we expected um, they didn't have Haaland on the pitch for starters but Alvarez did his job he got the early goal unfortunately um, I think that was a, a case of um, I think that was just a, a bit of a defensive switch off which um, you just can't do really against City but um we we got back in it. Um, a red card and penalty, which we'll get onto in a bit. But I think it was a clear pe- clear penalty and clear red card. Um, denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. So I have no issues with there. Um And then I think we did really well holding it at 1-1 for the remainder of the game or the 90 minutes as such. Um, obviously, we we had our chances in possession. We had a, And then when we were out of possession, which is for the majority of the game, we managed to keep a very potent City attack at bay. Um, I think Haaland and Foden did change the game when they came on, as, it, as would be expected, because they're both, they've both both shown their quality in previous games. Um, and De Bruyne, um, I do admire him as a player, but I think it's, his little, little, um, little collapse to the floor is a little bit argu- arguable on many levels and the, ultimately the heartbreaker of the game. But overall, I think we've got many, many positives to carry forward. Um, showing showing our quality against a big team like this. Um City have scored three goals or three goals or more in like like I think it was five of their previous like in their previous games and the fact we, we've only limited it to two is really impressive. Um and it just shows how far we've come as a team that we're disappointed after a, a late a late winner from City really. Um and I think on on to Man United I think we do have a chance. I said it last time but I'll <laughs> we'll say it again. <laughs> You know, Sunday is definitely a lot more winnable than yesterday mm. was. Um I mean, they got pumped by Aston Villa today, so I'm not. I'm not I wouldn't say Aaron that it will be an easy win for them.
0: What I see, it could over. We could ever be on the end of a, you know, a hangover, and they just come out all fighter, all guns blazing, or we can take advantage of it and hopefully put another nail in the coffin and and get the win. But we'll get into that towards the end. Um But Joe. Um, sum up your thoughts on yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's always disappointing to lose, especially in the in the manner that we did lose with the late penalty. But yeah, like like I said, we do have to remember who our opponents are. I mean, City are fantastic. Even when the man got sent off, I thought at one point in the game, I wonder if City played with 10 men all season, I reckon they'd still get top six. I mean, they were fantastic. Even the way that they, they changed their shape and they kept a hold of possession. Um, I think there are lots of positives, though. There was a lot of good performances. There there were a couple of players who I don't think were up to standard. I think um, Vinicius especially kind of disappointed me a little bit. Um, I guess when you don't play for as long as he's not played for, it's kind of to be expected. But, yeah, I think we have to look forward to Man United, and I do think that that is a game that we could seriously get at least a point out of. there is a couple of players that are suspended and will be without, but I think that we've got a good enough squad core now that we can replace them pretty easily. Um, but all in all, I think, I remember I looked back earlier when for two years ago when we lost to City at home and we lost 3-0 and the reactions were kind of, oh, it's City, let's move on. And I feel like we're angrier now, losing 2-1, than we were two years ago, losing 3-0. And I think, yeah, that really tells a lot about where we are as a club this season I think it's really good.
0: Yeah I think both responses are spot on to be honest um, and the fact there is disappointment does it does sort of signify where we are as a team and where we are as a football club at the minute um, but it's a question for both of you as we did as the game planned out obviously personally I think Mitrovic being left out was more of a a submission sort of thing to sort of say look We're not expecting anything from the game. Give him a rest and then he can come again for Man United, which I think we discussed briefly, Kieran, a few times on previous pods. Give him a rest. Um, And in a way, I'm I'm quite glad he was given a rest. But on hindsight, looking at how the game planned out after 25 minutes, it's 1-1. They're down to 10 men. Uh, I'll start with you, Kieran. If Mitrovic was on the pitch yesterday, does that match end in a different way?
1: Well, first of all, I do agree um, agree with you in terms of um, Mitrovic being rested. I think it was a good decision. Whether it is uh, more injury concern um, or whether it's a tactical decision um, remains to be seen. Um, hopefully, if it is if it is a um, injury, hopefully he is making some sort of progress by the Man United game. Otherwise, I would definitely would see him ruled out of the World Cup, which would be a loss for Serbia. Um, of course, Frankie absolutely loves Serbia. We mustn't even touch on on that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, I would like if if he is injured, I would long I would want him to be fit by the time the World Cup ends. So I'd want him to be be um, getting better during that time um, and not playing um, in the World Cup, which is a shame for any player to miss out of injury. We've seen it with Ben Chilwell and a few, many of the England players as such. But. Um, in terms of Mitrovic's effect on the game, I think there would have been some some extent of... Of course, as Joe said, Vinicius wasn't really up to, up to standard yesterday, um, as we've also discussed in the previous podcast, but I think there's more to be seen for him. Um, but at the end of the day, ultimately, if he's playing the end last 10 minutes or so of the games, he's not going to be expected to, to do much. Um, and stepping into such a big role in the terms of Mitrovic is, it's a big ask for a player that's like. Um, his role is to be the reserve. Um, but I think if we'd seen Mitch Rich yesterday, there would have been, um, I think we would have had, like, I say a few more chances, but I think his hold up play and like play off the ball would have, would have improved us a little bit. Um, I think we could have, um, we could have maybe snatched it as well with a bit more of a potent attack. Cause obviously we did score um, the penalty, not from open play, but a goal a goal at the end of the day. And I think if, um, hopefully Mitch Rich will be back for Man United on Sunday. Is it Sunday? It's a Sunday kickoff. Wow.
0: It is Sunday at half four, isn't it? Lovely. <laughs> but one thing I would say about Vinicius in his defence is that he did play the ball through to Harry Wilson for the penalty, didn't he? So he did have yeah. some impact of the game. Yeah. Probably not as much as we'd have liked um, if you're looking at the whole 90 minutes. But yeah, I think he's he's doing all right without sort of setting a world on fire, but um, Joe, what would, would Mitra have made a difference yesterday?
2: I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough to say. Like you say, Vinicius was the player who slipped the ball in. Um, for, I think his main thing is that first touch. There were so many times where the ball just came to him and he, he seems to just be kind of a bit like a trampoline up top. The ball kind of just bounces off him. Um, if Mitrovic was on, we know he's a really important player for us and he does have that ability to change games and win them late on. I remember... Last season, so many times. Peterborough away springs to mind where he scores ahead of them in such a tight contest to just win the game. Um, So I think he does have that ability to, but against Man City, I think it's one of those ones where 99 times out of 100, we don't come away with three points from that game. So I think resting him, if Marco thinks that's the right thing to do, I'll, I'll agree with it. And hopefully he's playing on. Sunday against Man United because I think he can have a real impact in that game especially.
0: Yeah, uh, the one sort of thing I'm looking forward to is Martinez against Mitrovic. Um I think that's <laughs> a that's a that's yeah. sort of a, a tussle which I
1: think everyone's going to have their eyes on because I think Mitrovic yeah. is just going to bully him for 90 minutes. Um, so, so. also just a note that um Peterborough away was 1 year ago yesterday I think. Um it came up in my um my memories where I was in the away uh, end. At the posh, yes, it came Ritteridge, up the line as well. Yeah, for that great winner. Um, a little notable hit moment of history there.
0: <laughs> the stats man, Kieran Tierberg. <laughs> right, so, uh, the first goal that we conceded, um, would it, would I, am I being slightly harsh if I was to say Leno probably would have felt a bit like he could have done better because he did get his fingertips to it. Um, just and obviously, it's gone in. Um, but Kieran, do you think you probably could have done a little bit better?
1: Yeah, I believe so because obviously the ball came at him. Um, obviously, it's obviously I don't know the set different goalkeepers, but um, I think the position he was in, he just lifted his hand, um, to try and push it over the top, which he only got fingertips to it, I meaning it pushed it like onto the crossbar and then in off the crossbar, which is a, it's a shame because if he got a full palm on it, I think it would have gone over. Um, so I think he could have done better in terms of um, not his positioning as such because his positioning seemed to be spot on. But I think if he was um, if he was better suited to kind of contain the goal uh, or contain the ball, then I think we could have seen um, could have seen that goal prevented. But I've got nothing against Leno because um, at the end of the day, he made that he pulled up some great saves yesterday, kept us in the game for the for um, large parts of the second half. And um, ultimately, one of the contenders, well, a somewhat contender of man of the match for me, but we'll get onto to that another, uh, probably later on. Um, he wouldn't be my man of the match, though, but it's certainly a good performance for him, from him on um, keeping our defence in order apart from that.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly feel a lot more confident with Leno in goal. Um, mm. You just feel that sense of security, that shot stopping, you know, he's worth another 8 to 10 points throughout the season. Absolutely, um, yeah. And he's gonna be vital to where we finish, um, come what may. Um, but Joe, do you think he could have done a bit better or is that being a bit harsh?
2: I mean, I think when the when you get a shot kind of down the middle of the goal like that, you kind of expect your goalkeeper to save it, but Alvarez does smash it. I mean, he hits it really hard, in all fairness to Leno, and Leno probably expects him to go across goal. But it, you would have liked to see him save it, but I think we can excuse him. He's made some great saves this season. Like you said, he's really a player that will gain us points this season. He, I think he made a great shot against. I think it was De Bruyne early on in the half from quite far out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think on. I think it's one of those ones. Yeah, you'd have liked to see him save it, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I suppose uh, when it's smooth, when the game's moving at that pace, you know, you I suppose. When it's slowed down, you can sort of go, "Well, he probably could have done a little bit better," but in real time, it's probably he's probably not even seen it. <laughs> um, no,
2: it was fast.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Shot power like ninety nine or something.
0: Yeah. So the the uh, the um, penalty we score. Um, I think you mentioned it, Kieran. It it is a red card. Um, yeah. It is a foul. Absolutely. Um, and. Yeah, have we found ourselves a new penalty taker?
1: Kieran, I'll start with you. <laughs> I, mean, looked, I, uh... go, I, I when Mitrovic isn't on the pitch, I'd say yes. But when Mitrovic's on the, on the pitch, Mitrovic takes them. Um, it was a very coolly slotted penalty from uh, Pereira, fair play to him. Um, probably the most pressure he's had, he's had all season in terms of scoring a goal uh, um, against one of, one of the best teams in the world at a... Um, well. I say a packed out had. I mean, that would be quite ironic if I said that. So I'll say the packed out empty had instead. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so um, credit to him. He stepped into some big, big boots to fill and it was a great penalty at the end of the day. Um, in terms of the foul, um, I didn't see any issues with it apart from obviously it was a clear red card. So there was no issue. There was no arguments against it, really. Um so he, he made no attempt for the ball uh, and just wiped out um, Harry Wilson. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But um, I think in terms of this penalty decisions in general, I think I've been tweeting about it most of the weekend, but the inconsistency is awful. Like we've seen this evening um, Spurs get robbed of a um, penalty. Ryan Sesson actually Um as Trent just completely barged him out of the way, he pushed him onto the floor with no attempt to at play the ball, and it was given as no yellow card and no penalty. Um, so there's there's a real really strong bias to Man City to ultimately keep the top the, the top big six as the top big six, um, and it's frustrating for teams like Fulham and um, lower down the league because you are, oh, at the end of the day you want is just consistency in decision making, and the decision making in the Premier League is is poor with or without VAR. So. Um, but ultimately our decision did go our way for that that specific moment so, um, but just in general I think the inconsistency is annoying
0: Yeah, Joe have we found ourselves a new penalty taker in uh, Andreas?
2: Well every time for me I see Mitrovic step up to take a penalty I'm always nervous, I mean we always know he's going <laughs> to drill in low into one of the corners and most of the time the keeper guesses the right way so I mean mo- most of them go in but it was nice to see a keeper get sent the wrong way and I think that we know Andreas is a set-piece specialist. I, with his free kicks, his corners, I was thinking earlier in the season, I wonder if he could be that penalty taker that we've been looking for for so long. But, I mean, we remember what happened with Aboukar Kamara a few years ago when he tried to rob that penalty off of Mitrovic, and Mitrovic was not having it. And, yeah, I think there's no way that when Mitrovic is on the pitch, he's going to let anybody else take a penalty. So, um I don't think he is our new penalty taker. I would like to see a new penalty taker just because I don't think that Mitrovic is great at penalties. He's got lots of strengths. Uh, I don't think penalties are one of those. I mean, in terms of the penalty itself, yeah, clear penalty for me, definite red card, um, no intent to play the ball comes right into him. I think Harry Wilson is really good at getting himself goal side to defenders. He did it a second time in the match when he came in across the defender and the defender has no choice but to either foul him or let him shoot. I remember there was one goal last season against Birmingham, where he cuts inside, then the defender has no choice whether to foul him, get sent off, or just let him through and score. And he, I remember in that instance, Harry Wilson goes through and scores, and I think he's really good at doing that. So I think it is a, I think Wilson's a great asset to have back in our side. I think he's clearly not quite on it so far this season uh, since he's been back. I think, yeah, he'll come back. I think he I think he is a Premier League quality player. I think he proved that last season. So hopefully we've got him up to speed soon.
0: Yeah, and it, it will come with game time, won't it? You know, when you get an injury like that that keeps you out for a few months, it is going to take time to not only get back to match fitness, but to, to get back to playing football properly again. Um, yeah, definitely. I do agree. I do Absolutely think he'll be back. And he'll, he'll, we'll get to see the Wilson of last season. Um, post-World Cup, bar in, he doesn't get any more injuries. Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> so now we have to move on to the winner, um, the penalty. Now, I'm going to be honest, the first time I saw it, I thought, yeah, it's a penalty. Um, but then I thought hard in a minute. No, it's definitely not a penalty. When you slow it down, he's there's minimal contact. Yes, there, there is contact. So, I suppose by le- the letter of the law, if there's contact, he doesn't get the ball, then is it a penalty? But it's not enough contact for him to go down and, and become a ballerina and do a, a 360 degree turn. Um, mm-hmm. Now, before I ask you both on this, um, I was watching match of the day last night and in the Nottingham Forest and Brimford game, there was an identical challenge on Emmanuel Dennis for Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, there's more contact and there was no penalty. Um, so, again, just touching on what you said, Kieran, there's no consistency. Um, yeah. And if anything, I I'd still believe that um, pen, that challenge on William, where we should have got a penalty against Everton, but there was more contact definitely. and there was more of a penalty. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Than the one yesterday. Um, so, Kieran, in regards to the penalty, if Robinson made that challenge on Grealish mm. and not De Bruyne, does that penalty get given?
1: I think it would still get even because it's Man City. Um, the interesting thing to to notice here, like I've had to watch it back a fair few times, and obviously it depends which perspective you look at it. But from what I've I've look from what I've seen, it's it's an interesting tackle because um, obviously Robinson De Bruyne like cleverly turns, um, leaving Robinson with no option but to try and get like he steps in because he's already doing it. Um, but I think what De Bruyne does is because he's such a smart player. He, as he turns, he um, his foot kind of like um, slides past the or uh, slides along Robinson's shin, awaiting any movement from Robinson in in, in that sense. Um, so when Robinson does kind of move his foot forward, De Bruyne feels it and thinks, "Okay, I've got an opportunity to go down here," and then obviously falls to the ground under contact, gets the penalty. Um but at the end of the day you could argue with that as a sense because um watching it today, it's interesting that the the foot which is hit by Robinson is the one that remains stationary and stable while De Boyne is falling to the floor with his other foot falling first while his other one stands up and then and then it gets swiped afterwards. Um so it's interesting which way you look at it, but um arguably I I I personally think it's it's a very, very soft decision. Um, it's inconsistent because obviously that we've had decisions where there's like, as you said, William more contact in that and with the forest um, one as well, as you mentioned, more contact in that. But I think if it was any other city player, it would have still been given. Um, I think De Boer, a, he was clever in the way that he did it, but it, it, is, also, it is also a case of, um, I think it is a bit of a dive as well. Um He's he's looking for a penalty. He's looking for a reason to give his team a late lead, a late lead, um, which is is ultimately what you want from a captain, or and a good a, a um a very very clever player. So fair play to him, but I I am very very annoyed. <laughs> yeah. And before I ask you, Joe uh,
0: Kieran, should Leno save it?
1: Um, I think he was he was very close to saving it, but I think if he if he'd um. If he'd tried to jump lower, he would have saved it. But the ball went under him. And I think the shot speed from Haaland, you're going to expect, is about 100 miles per hour. So by the time he'd got there, it would have already passed underneath him. So he could have probably positioned himself a bit lower. But at the end of the day, I can't complain. He went the right way and he had a good go at saving it. Um, so And it's a Haaland penalty, so he's expected to score either way. So fair play for, for um, Leno having a good go.
0: Yeah. So, Joe, give us your thoughts on, won the penalty... Two, if that's sort of Grealish and not De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, Is it given? And three, should
2: Leno save it? So do I think it's a dive? Yes. But if if it was in a different situation and it was Mitrovic, do I know he'd do the exact same thing? Yes, probably. I mean, we saw the way he reacted to the Douglas-Louise contact against Aston Villa. And that one for us wasn't as bad because that wasn't what won us that game. I feel like even... When Villa had 11 men, we would have put a few past them anyway. Um, But I do think that De Bruyne, yeah, he's a very smart player. He knew exactly what he was doing. It's more frustrating the fact that he's not even facing the goal. I think um, we'd done so well to subdue their attacks that he kind of knew that they needed something desperate to get them the three points. And he took matters into his own hands and went down. Um, It's silly from Robinson. to I think it's Robinson who actually heads the ball to De Bruyne and he kind of thinks, oh, I've got to go and get it back. But it looked like when the cameras were put on Robinson afterwards, it kind of looked like he was saying to his teammates, it is a penalty. Like I messed up. He kind of looked, he wasn't really complaining. He just looked like a little bit reserved. He was a bit annoyed that he'd done it. Um, if it's Grealish, I think, to be honest, because obviously Grealish is a renowned, throwing himself to the ground. I do think it still gets given, though. Especially yeah, because it is Man City. The one against Willian for for, against Everton. Sorry, Willian against Everton. That is definitely a penalty for me. I think that should be three points for us as long as we put that penalty away. Um, So it is frustrating that inconsistency in this league is so apparent. I mean, everyone complains about it. All we want is consistency. But um, in terms of Leno saving it, I think that. If Leno dives the wrong way, then there's no complaints. Mm. Um, I think he dives the right way. And I think that I've seen like lots of people complaining, saying he should have saved it, and sure he gets a hand to it, and he could maybe do a maybe try and parry it out, but it's a penalty. I mean, most penalties go in if he gets a hand to it, doesn't save it, is what it is. Um it's, yeah, it's a really frustrating one to take, especially that it was in the last minute, last kick of the game. And Mancy, they really milked it, didn't they? They really were happy with their last-minute winner against us, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I just want to take that moment to congratulate Man City on winning the league yesterday alongside Arsenal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Little old (laughs) fella. Didn't Pep Guardiola do two two laps of honours?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's and like you it just won the Champ I I would say the Champ I was about to say the Champions League, but I forgot Man City don't have any Champions League in their history. So I'll say it's like they just won the Europa Harlan League Cup. or <laughs> Yeah, the Haaland Cup or whatever <laughs> whatever money money laundering competition they're in.
0: <laughs> Look, I have no problems with Man City. I think they've been uh they've been fantastic the last sort of eight years. Um and they play some fantastic football. I've no complaints with them as a football club really. Mm-hmm. Um in, in regards to their fan base, I think there is a lot more loyal fans watching City um, compared to the likes of United, Liverpool, Chelsea, which is why the Etihad is in the full. Um, and I have no problems with that. Um, but I suppose overall, it's disappointing not to get anything from yesterday. Um, and just touching on, I think it was you, Kieran, that mentioned about the inconsistency. Now, I'm, I'm not too disappointed with the fact there is in- inconsistency, that's what I love watching football, the fact that there is a lot of inconsistent decisions, but when you you have to live with VAR, those inconsistent decisions shouldn't be so inconsistent, there should be more consistency um, which is the more frustrating part um, it's like yesterday, that penalty in De Bruyne uh, you mentioned it Joe, Robinson gets the header, but because he doesn't header it as properly as he wanted to, he feels like he's then got to make a, a decision to go and win that ball back straight away. When, in fact, if it had just stood him up, you know, De Bruyne has got to make a decision whether to try and run past him. Um, and we, we, we already had someone on cu- um, next to Robinson. I can't remember who it was.
2: but it was effectively- Luke Harris, I think it was. That's the, mm. Yeah,
0: that was it. Luke Harris was there next to him. So, you know, he's not going anywhere. The, the quality of De Bruyne, yeah, he could probably pick out a pass, but let him do it. There was no reason for Robinson to then header it and go, I've made a mistake. Let me go and win that ball back, especially in the 18 yard box against someone as someone as intelligent as Kevin De Bruyne. Because he's only gonna end one way. The slightest bit, the slightest touch is gonna go down. Um but look, you know, as I think we'd all agree, if someone would have said it was yesterday before the ball was kicked, you'd lose two one. I think we we all would have taken it.
1: As you said in previous podcasts, any any score line below five is is a is a win.
0: Well, this is it. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. It, it it is a bonus game. It's one of the the very few bonus. It would be one of those. On. Um,
1: it would be one of those picky points. It would be if if we got it, it would be a good point. But it wouldn't have, It wouldn't happen occasionally, or wouldn't happen frequently. So, but at the end of the day, we didn't get it. So it doesn't. It's not the end of the world. It's Man City, um, and I think we we have. I fancy our chances against Man United a lot more than
0: City. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Man City yesterday, yesterday were playing with 10 men for a lot of it, but I think you mentioned earlier, funny enough, you know, Man City could play with 10 men every week and still finish top, top five, top four, even. They're just that good. You just can't get a ball of them. (laughs) Um, But looking onto Saturday, um, would you make sort of, we're going to touch on it Thursday, Friday, when we do the, the preview anyway, but, can you see any wholesome changes? Can you see any changes whatsoever going into that game, Kira?
1: Um, I think obviously we've got Tete and Reed suspended, unfortunately, because of their accumulation of yellow cards. So I think um, with Bobby back, I think he'll be back in right back, unless um, unless Marco's now got some sort of magical faith in Mbabu to um, do a good job there. But we'll see what happens with that, and then with Reed, I think we'll see Tom Kenny slots straight into that position because um, he can do a, g- a great job at holding up the midfield um, and alongside Pelinia as well. I mean, we know what Pelinia is like, um, but that's another story um, in terms of the attack. Um, if Mitrovic is fit and if, if Mitrovic knows he's fit, I think we'll see him start. Otherwise he could make the bench, but if he's not, if he's still not fit, I think we won't see him feature and we can fingers crossed hope that he's recovered for after the world cup. Um um, apart from that, I wouldn't make any changes to the wings in terms of Wilson and Willian. They seem to be doing well. Um, plus, Dan James is in, ineligible to play against his. Uh, oh no, he's not. He's in Leeds. Sorry. Yeah, that's his old <laughs> club, United. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we could see Dan James um, come off the bench and score against his old club. That would be quite funny. But I don't think we'll see any notable changes apart from the two suspended players.
0: Yeah, Joe, can you see any changes?
2: Um, No, apart from I'd I'd say the exact same two. I'd bring in uh, TC and Bobby back at right back. I think Tom's come on in every single game so far this season and not started one. So I think he does warrant a start and it was really hard to get him in because you can't really drop Reed and you definitely can't drop Andreas with how good he's been. So I think that it will be nice for Tom to finally get his first start of the season. Um, I think he deserves it. And hopefully he can put in a shift. We know when he's come on, he's put in some really good performances against a few sides uh, this season. He's a great player, great at controlling the game. And hopefully we get that side of him against United.
0: Yeah. So we have one game left before the World Cup break. We're currently sitting ninth with a goal difference of minus one. Now, We're eighth, uh, aren't we? Ninth, Liverpool won, didn't they? Ninth. Oh, um, yeah, of yeah. They did. So they beat Tottenham. Yeah, they beat Tottenham. So... You look, you look at the league table and we've played six out of the top eight and we've been competitive in every one of them bar Newcastle at home. You know, we have to be proud of what, what we've done so far. Um, and I suppose next Sunday is pretty much irrelevant in the sense that we could go and lose next week and still be sort of 10th, 11th, but it's still been a fantastic start to the season. Um, and I just hope we can all go into the World Cup You know, on a high, be positive, and when we do come back on Boxing Day away to Palace, we can kick-start again. Um, And I'll ask you this quickly before we finish. Are you worried that after this international break, there could be a sort of a a bad patch, something that, you know, because whenever we've had international breaks previously, we've always seemed to struggle for one or two games after. Um, So, Kieran, I'll ask you first.
1: Um, I don't think so. Because um, if there is, I, I would imagine it would be because of any notable injuries or players missing. But I think we should come back into the international after the international break and almost pick up from where we left off, really. Um, obviously, we need to regroup and refocus on what the, the ultimate goal is. Um, but After two games, anyway, we would be in in the January transfer window. So, any improvements that we need to make, we could spend money on getting players in. Um, So, I think hopefully, fingers crossed, we would continue this form. Um, We've got some, I wouldn't say, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone, every team's momentum is going to drop off during during the international break because it's a a long period. It's a a longer international break. So, um, the momentum will have disappeared from like all the, it will be notably. Lower in all all the teams, um, but I think if we uh, pick up if we pick up where we left off with the same intensity, I think we should be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. And Joe, I'll ask you the same question.
2: Yeah, I mean we've really proved our quality at the beginning of the season, and I think that all of the teams will kind of struggle the same. Maybe the top six will struggle more after the international break because they've got their European competitions as well with the whole fixture con- congestion. Um, but I think that we'll be fine. I think that I I don't want to jinx anything touchwood, but I think that we, we will be safe. Um, I think that the table's starting to form a little bit now. This is looking like it's going to be a really good relegation battle um, between quite a few teams. But I think that we've kind of edged ourselves above it. I think we're about seven points off relegation now, which is a really good buffer zone to have. Um, I think after after the World Cup, yeah, as long as we don't have any serious injuries, notably Mitrovic, Paulinia, those would be some really bad players to lose. As yeah. long as we keep them keep them fit, then I think we'll be all good.
0: Yeah, and I suppose everyone watching the World Cup, I suppose you will have your one eye on not only the country you're from or the country you're supporting, but whenever Portugal play or Serbia play, you will be sort of and Wales you'll be keeping an eye on the Fulham yeah. players and just hoping there's no more injuries because uh, yeah. one thing we don't want coming back is is injuries because that could affect us. Um, Absolutely. But look, gentlemen, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, and you? I, think, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. I don't think we've missed everything. No, um, I think we've got everything. Yeah, so we will be back at the end of the week to discuss the Man United preview. Um, have a fantastic week all and let's roll on to to Sunday and go out with a bang before the World Cup starts Um, so yes, have a great week and we'll be in touch soon